everybody. Alex Shaw with uh, the Risk Matters podcast. And uh, as always, we've got Jimbo Redman on the line, as well as uh, our guest today, Jason Curtis, uh, who's general manager for um, Chesapeake Hospitality's property, the Hotel Indigo in uh, Baltimore. Um, and uh, um, Jason, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks very much. Thunderstorm just rolled through, so the sun's starting to come out. Make it a beautiful day. Yeah, no kidding. So, um, that's what will take down the humidity. Yeah, right. Let's, let's hope so. Um, well, Jason, I, I'd reached out to uh, Brenda, who runs the, the team in HR at, at Chesapeake, and just said, Hey, you know, we, we're really interested in, um, you know, over the years, we've, we've interviewed a lot of folks in various capacities at companies, but, but we do want to start to drill down towards some of the star players and within organizations and, and get a bit closer to the tip of the spear, if you will. And, and so she said, I got, I got the guy, Jason Curtis. And, um, and so we appreciate you taking the time today to, to sit down and record with us. And there's a lot of, uh, a lot of, we were talking before we press record, um, maybe be helpful to introduce yourself and who you work for and what you do and a little bit of your background. Cause we think your industry in particular is, is, uh, dynamic, it's unique, it's interesting, and it's, it's, it's challenging among, among many others. So, um, right. a quick intro. Yeah. So, um, as I said, I'm Jason Curtis, general manager of the hotel Indigo in downtown Baltimore. Um, our property just celebrated our fifth anniversary yesterday. Um, Chesapeake managed Chesapeake hospitality has managed the property since we've opened. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a fun upscale boutique hotel. I've been doing hotel business for 25 years now. Um, unofficially before child labor laws, I worked for my family in a hotel in Destin, Florida. When I was about 10 stripping rooms and doing all those illegal things that I wasn't supposed to be doing. But, um, <laughs> been doing it ever since, so it's been great. You've seen it all. I'm sorry? I said you've seen it all. I've seen it all. I've seen a lot, yeah. So what, so what, I guess that's interesting. So you started at, at a young age um, and I spent a little time at, at one of you all's properties um, at College Park um, several months ago, right before COVID kind of shut everything down and spent the day uh, flipping rooms and stripping the beds and, and working with the housekeeping staff. And, and uh, that's a, that's a, a really um, interesting environment to operate in. How, what other roles have you held? I mean, you start out stripping rooms like that. That's got to be insightful, and 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 I'd imagine to to embed yourself in a little bit of the knowledge of of hospitality it was helpful to understand that. And then um, I'm sure other jobs you you had within that. Right. Yeah. So I've done every every job in the hotel. Um, started out stripping rooms. Worked as a bellman. I've done dishes tried to be a line cook, not my forte, but I've tried. I did it when I had to. Um, so, you know, as general manager, you just step in and do whatever needs to be done in any department at any given time. Hmm. You know, that's what makes our jobs fun and exciting is it's not monotonous. There's something different every single day that, you know, makes it exciting and different. Is that, is that unique to, I mean, is that a little bit of your personal approach um, to just step in and where there's a need? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a very hands-on general manager. I'm not one that likes to sit in the office and, uh, you know, not interact with people. That's why I'm in the hotel business, interact with people, interact with my team. Um, and that's the sign of a true leader, you know, somebody that's willing to get their hands dirty and, 
help the team be successful because we all do it together. You know, I don't check every person in and check every person out and clean every room. I rely on my team. And as I build trust and relations with my team, that just makes us all stronger and better. Yeah, we, we've talked a lot over the past few months, especially with operating in the COVID era, the, the necessity of leading from the front um, and hard, hard to lead from behind and, and leading from the front often means getting your, your hands dirty. One of the questions and points of interest that I've got and a question for you would be, you know, I mentioned before we press record that if you're in other industries, you might be managing a crew of housekeepers, but that's kind of where your focus is, or you might be running a restaurant. And so that's where your focus is, or you've got maintenance or facility staff. And so that's what you focus on in your world. You've got valets, you've got front desk, you've got sales folks, you've got maintenance or engineering, you've got housekeeping, um, you've got food and beverage, you've got all of these different businesses within one business. Do, do you attempt to uh, like create a unified team among all those people or do they operate independently and they're kind of their own isolated independent teams? Not that that would necessarily be bad, but just a point of interest. Yeah, so I try to eliminate the silo effect as much as possible. Um, I cross train and get my team to work in every department as frequently as I can, not only because it helps them understand what the other department deals with on a daily basis, but it helps give a different perspective so that they can be more successful. So for example, when you have a front office manager work a day or two in housekeeping, and then when that front office manager gives an early check-in or a late checkout, they understand the cause and effects of why it might be important for housekeeping to not have a three o'clock late checkout or why it might be good to have a three o'clock late checkout. So it's good to help people work in different departments, cross train, get a full understanding of the cause and the effects. Huh. Yeah, I think that's unique. There's a few, right. I've got one client who did a, what they call it a day in the life initiative where right. they took different employees from different locations and had them go spend the day with another person in the company doing another job, just appreciating. And they said the, the, their feedback to me was that it was a completely a net positive that the, 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 just the team cohesion was enhanced to a great degree. Sure. They just, they just, everybody kind of feels like, Oh, I work harder than so-and-so <laughs> right. know, more. And, yeah. and then you go see what they do and you go, Holy cow, that's a lot to manage. Yeah. I mean, right now for COVID we're on such limited staffing, my front office manager is literally working the night audit, which is not her norm. But then she's also responsible for stripping the rooms of the guests that checked out the day before. And then she's responsible for getting laundry done during the night audit shift so that when housekeeping comes in the next day or the manager that's cleaning the rooms the next day actually has the supplies to do their job. So right now it's, it's really challenging for everybody, but it's a really good learning opportunity because you're learning more aspects of the industry as a whole. Hmm. And so what are the ways that you guys, I mean, I think that's, that's, that's really just an interesting approach because, you know, Jimbo and I have talked about this over the years and we've related it to, I think it was uh, Andy Moore, um, Jimbo from Moore's Electric who kind of first brought this up. Maybe it was you, Jimbo, who compared different leadership styles. And it, at this time it was, uh, who was it? It was Dabo Sweeney and Urban Meyer. Yeah. Comparing and, and Dabo Sweeney, um, from what I can recollect, his, his approach to like managing a team is all about love and, you know, putting his arm, it's a hard work environment for sure. But 
but whereas Urban Meyer was more along the lines of, you know, only the strong survive, and yet both created outstanding football programs that were very successful. So it's interesting to me that it's probable you could not do the cross training and still have a high performing um, team. What, I mean, what is it that about you or your leadership, you know, style or, or sensibility or that, that just drives you towards feeling the need to do that? Because I want everyone to be successful. I want everybody to grow. I don't think anybody wants to come to work and say, oh, I just want to be a housekeeper for my entire life, or I just want to be a front desk clerk. Everybody wants to grow and learn and new diff learn new different things and um, challenge them to learn or diff take different opportunities. You know, we have um, in, in our hotel, we're part of IHG, so we have IHG learning classes that are available online. And I don't just require managers to take those online learning classes I have my entire front office team taking those classes. I have my entire food and beverage team taking various classes. The more knowledge that you can share with your team, the more they understand, quite honestly, the easier it makes our job. Yeah, I think, I think also, you know, that's what I hear in that is just a, a team is really about the person or the group of people who are willing to do whatever it takes and not just play the position that, that they think they should play. You're right. And, you know, and I, I like the I like the optimism of, you know, expect not not just thinking, but really expecting that people do want to be the best version of themselves that they can possibly be. They do have aspirations beyond whatever their current situation may be, and and, and I think that 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 creates a culture that that in the end of the day probably provides stability to mm -hmm. to your workforce. I would guess. Right. You know, I, I explain it to my team that we're no different than, you know, the Baltimore Orioles, for example. Every player on the field has a position, and when they're playing that particular position, they have to be there. They have to be ready to play. Um, it doesn't mean they can't be cross-trained. It doesn't mean that the first baseman can't work outfield or vice versa. But when they're in that position, they've got to be in it. They've got to be in it to win it, and that's, that's really what makes us successful. They can be cross-trained and they can do other jobs, but when you're working the front desk, you've got to be focused on the front desk and making sure those guests are happy and keep coming back. Yeah, what I, what I hear a little bit, and, and, um, and I think there's, there's probably a lot of, of – I wonder the breakdown in, in leadership and management of, like, the, the, you know, the default feel of, of how often you just feel fear over any number of different things. And one of the fears that I, I sense – um, in some arenas is the fear that people actually do progress too much, right? right? So I was, I was thinking about this with, uh, um, you know, big UVA football fan here. And, and I was thinking about just how sports teams evolve coaches, right? You want the best coaches you can on your team. And yet if they are really good, they're going to go head coach somewhere, <laughs> somewhere right. else. But I think that that speaks developing people speaks to just to, to the reality of, you know, there are things we can measure and things we can't. And, and I think we tap into the best of people when we put them first, regardless of where it may or may not leave us. Maybe it'll leave us hanging because they go, man, I'm, I've just accelerated my career because of the learning I've gained from all this cross training I've received. But, but at the end of the day, I think people, people want to be led by people who care for them. And, and when that's evident, they're willing to play that position that you've put them in and exceed your expectations. Right. Absolutely. 
and you've got to reward them for it as well. It can't, it can't be one sided. It can't just be, you know, Oh, you're going to be the front office manager and never get a pay raise. You know, you, you encourage them to say, Hey, the more you do, the more you're going to become. And I have a front office manager that's been with me for five years and she started off just as a front desk clerk and she's just passionate about it. She wants to learn. She continually gets rewarded and has been promoted, you know, three times in five years. And, she does a fantastic job and her next step will probably become a executive housekeeper or director of rooms. So, yeah, those, those are, those are the, those are the, those are the encouraging stories, the wins that I think just like, I think that just propels all of us, you know, right. it's those kind of stories that, that give us hope and, and allow us to keep showing up to, to grind away and, to continue to learn and be curious and being surrounded by, I think that compounds into the people around you orienting themselves that way too, um, kind of rowing in the same direction. So how is it, how has leadership just transitioned during, during this time? You guys have had, just like everybody, but in particular hospitality has been hit with a few punches and, and how is some of your leadership sensibility and, and styles manifested for this time in particular? Yeah, well, I think the biggest thing right now in leadership with COVID is just being compassionate with your team. You know, everybody's going through it. There's nothing you can do that's going to change what we're going through other than just try to make people feel confident and comfortable about the situation that they're in. Um, there's really nothing that I can do that's going to, you know, reverse the, the, the trends that are happening right now. But it's just taking care of your people. You know, we we're all taking salary reductions or reduced hours and just do what you can to make life easier for them. Given the extra work, like I've been working three to 11s in my hotel and doing laundry so that my night auditor doesn't have to do as much laundry. And when she comes in and sees that I've already done a lot of it, she's, you know, thankful. It's just doing the little things that make them feel good, sending them text messages that just say, Hey, I appreciate what you're doing and keeping in contact with them because we're usually working one or two people in the hotel at a time mm -hmm. compared to, you know, 35 people that we normally interact with during the day. Well, one, one of the things that, that we really noticed is, is that the companies and organizations that, that we see best managing their situation have a, have a strong degree of adaptability. And from what you described is you, you've sort of got an adaptable culture in place before any of this came about because you've, you've been channeling people to do different things and accept new roles and responsibilities and, and not just accept that everything's sort of a straight line in the way things get done. Right. And so would you say that, that you're seeing the fruits of that now? Oh, absolutely. I, I have an extremely dedicated team and, you know, in the hospitality business, no day is the same. So, you know, we're, we're sort of prepared for this kind of thing that you have to do whatever task happens. And, um, yeah, I just have a great team that's very diverse and willing to jump in and do whatever it takes to get the job done. So, yeah, we, we've talked a lot about just having grounded optimism. And I love what you said about the small things, you know, the little text messages. And, cause it, you know, one of the things we've kind of observed over our time interacting with different companies is that you can have these kind of large scale shifts and initiatives and these huge grandstanded kind of efforts. And, and yet our belief is that just what wins hearts and minds is the small, subtle touch points throughout the day 
that that maybe in operating in isolation make a marginal impact, but aggregated over the life of your relationship with somebody, they go, man, as Jimbo often says, they, they don't often, folks don't often remember how, how uh, what you said, but they remember how you made them feel. And so those little texts through this time, I, those are the, those are kind of the subtle touch points and that, that I think really matter. Right. Do you, um, so being in the industry you're in, we've talked to Steve Smith and, um, there are a lot of very interesting stories and um, kind of funny um, stories, I guess you could say. Maybe what's some of your, I suppose we, we must keep it PG, PG-13 rated to some degree, but what, what are some of your favorite kind of memories? I mean, if you've been flipping rooms since 10, I, I did it for one day and, and that was a very revealing process. Um, yeah. Deep insight into how some people live <laughs> yeah you know it's um we're fortunate we're we're more of an upscale boutique hotel so we get a lot of the high-end entertainers that stay in our hotel and you know it's it's fascinating to watch how the staff interacts with people that come to the hotel that and, and i'm not going to give any names for you know confidentiality reasons but we've had some really good stars and you know the team just like sparkles and shines and um, it's great to see their interactions with people that they never would have been able to interact with before. And, um, but yeah, there's, there's a, there's a bazillion stories that I could tell you, you know, it's all from the fun side. And it's also today we had a guest that has been here for eight weeks. They checked out today for his last cancer treatment. So, wow. Wow. That's really powerful. I think probably most of us listening to that can get some sense right. of the experience that that looks like, or have had that right. experience. Yeah. That's really powerful. I mean, it seems seems like you're getting a little emotional about that. I mean that that's oh, of course. Yeah, that's that's really profound. It's it's funny. We we talk to different folks in various industries. I remember working with a mail carrier um, years back and listening to the owner tell his employees. This was at a driver meeting, and he said, "You know, I, I fear that you all sometimes think that you just deliver mail, and yet each day you go out, you're delivering packages to people." you know, relationships, you know, that, that are being reunited, you know, a message from um, family members who haven't spoken. And so, and in fact, the example he used was, you know, a, a, a letter from a, a hospital telling a cancer patient that they're, you know, that, that there's no evidence of disease and, and things along those lines. And I remember thinking, right. holy cow, man, you're, whether you're a paver and you're paving roads that allow ambulances to get people to the hospital or police to respond to you know, incidents where people need help or, or you're in hospitality and you're hosting nurses and doctors and, and patients. That's, that's some real, real work there. Right. Really powerful. Well, we not only check people in, we check people out, but we're, we're also emotional support, you know, guidance counselors in a way to a lot of our guests as well, you know, and that's what makes the hospitality so, so special is it's really, it's all about guests and people and compassion and, and showing care. I mean, that's what our industry is. Do you, do you sense, um, since the, the COVID era, for lack of a better word, do you, do you see a different expectation of your guest um, versus before, or how does that sort of feel to you? No, I think the, um, the expectation of cleanliness is definitely there. Um, a number of our guests actually will check in and ask to be in a room that hasn't been occupied for a few days. 
Um, but as far as from a service level, I think people are people people are just more connecting. You know, um, having personal conversations at the front desk it seems to be less transactional instead of like, what do you bring? What do you, what brings you to Baltimore? What's the name of your company? It's like, hey, where are you traveling in from? Oh, how was your drive? Did you go through this city? It's just become more of a personal relationship than it has just a transactional relationship over the past couple of months. That's interesting. I'd imagine that makes sense, though. You know, in the absence of the ability for a lot of folks to socialize, all of a sudden, as things start to open up and we start to engage more, the hunger for person-to-person, face-to-face communication, body language reading, interaction, and just presence is right. got to be really profound and uh, and meaningful. I, that that makes total sense. Yeah. And a lot of it is drive business that we're getting. It's, you know, people can't fly or they're afraid to fly and they're sitting in a car with themselves or just one other person. And when they get out, they just want to be able to, you know, get a deep breath and stretch out and say, hey, to somebody, you know, <laughs> been in quarantine for so long or isolation for so long, it's good to see other people and, you know, lift people's spirits. Yeah. Have you been seeing more people come in the door recently? Um, it's, it's hit and miss week by week. We seem to get a lot of people based on our location from I-95, people traveling to and from uh, New York to South Carolina or to Florida and back and forth. Um, we have a lot of uh, families that are coming to move their kids into college or move them out of college. A lot of dormitories closed rapidly, so they didn't get to move their things out at the end of the semester. So that's mostly what we're seeing right now. Hmm. Well, Barry, uh, and I, I'm, I'm encouraged just by you guys sticking, sticking through it. And even though running a little bit of a, a skeleton crew, I, I think these, it, one of my favorite things I've heard over the past few weeks is, um, you know, characters revealed in times of great difficulty and in times of, of, of great pr- prosperity. And um, just your presence, I, I I'm so grateful Brenda kind of pushed you our direction to record with because um, your approach to just helping your folks out, the little subtle touch points is so meaningful. You know, as, as, as our, we had an annual meeting um, last year where, you know, our president kind of spoke about the state of the union, about how our company's doing and, and, but really just encouraged us to care for each other. And and his, his commentary was around, look, everybody's got something. We've all got something. And yet we've all got to come to work. So, so the, the need to operate as a family and really care for each other is so, so important. And, um, and to assume if somebody's kind of slipping a little bit, maybe, maybe they just need a, a hand to, to pick them up. And so thank you for talking yeah, to us today about that. I think, that's, uh, I think that's the message that makes people or me want to come to Hotel Indigo because right. if you know that, you know, the, the management is, very focused on taking care of their people, then their people are going to be very focused on taking care of their, their guests. And, and that's, Absolutely. that's what drives it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you're welcome to come bring your credit card. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I've en- I enjoyed my stay uh, la- late last year. It's a beautiful property and, um, and really enjoyed the, the time there and incredible staff. Um, that Thank we- you much. Yeah. Um, so we appreciated your hospitality then, and and we cannot wait, um, in all in all honesty, just to get back to spending time with you guys at your properties. So thank you for uh, Jason for your time today and for letting us kind of get a little window into how you operate and, and lead folks. 
Great. Absolutely. We look forward to seeing you in Baltimore again. All right. Well, hey, folks, right. thanks for listening. Thanks, Jason. Thank you. Everybody have a great week. We will catch you next time. Take care. Mm-hmm.